Let's shake it up a little. Welcome to the Salt and Pepper Podcast, adding a little bit of salt and a little bit of spice to make your Tuesday just right. Here's your hosts, Lisa and Olivia. Welcome to the Salt and Pepper Podcast. (laughs) I'm ambitious today. Lisa's stealing my job. I knew it was just a matter of time. She's going to quit, so I have to learn how to do this on my own. I'm just so pissed. I'm like, you take it. Do it. The amount of audio messages you get where I'm like, sorry, I'm quitting the podcast. And I'm like, one day she might not be kidding. (laughs) No, I'm kidding. Wait, when have I ever said that? Oh, you said it this week. Oh, I said it one time. I said it one time because if you guys haven't been noticing, you have been noticing. I know you all have been. That the quality of the sound has not been the most uh not very quality not very quality (laughs) and that is not because of equipment or tons of money or a new space or freaking soundproofing things or anything and i have been figuring it out for weeks and without dumping hundreds of dollars into actually soundproofing this studio which i cannot do um i got really annoyed and i was like we're just gonna have to podcast from my house and i didn't say quit the podcast i said not a podcast at the studio anymore so you we're said quit, you said quit the podcast and then you sent me another one you're like okay so i know i'm just like you know being dramatic we'll just do it at my mom's house and you weren't serious yeah no i wasn't but anyways i'm lisa i'm a mother i'm a creative mm-hmm. and i'm a wife and i said that in a different order from usual but that's okay <laughs> i know we love order but mm-hmm. and my current obsession is danish kringle mm. can i get a round of applause Woo. I, no, I was I was hoping to add silence so I could add that in. <laughs> I will. Don't worry. Okay. <laughs> uh, my name is Olivia. I'm the creator of Olivia Corinne. Um, it's a blog, a podcast, and a free editing resource for creatives. So if you're on Instagram, find me at Olivia Corinne. I give you guys some tips and tricks on editing your photos because I'm so professional. Um, my current obsession is a, f- a body pillow from Fred Meyer. Every time I go into a store and I see something really fluffy, I pick it up and I hold it like the whole time I'm in the store because it's like so soft. Um, I'm like a pillow pet person. It, I don't know if it does that complete the circle for you of who I am as a person. Well, I um, you just sound more and more like a little kid. Oh, that's for like sure. what little kids do. They pick up that one toy that they want to hold in the store the whole time yeah. and they want their mom to get it for them, but they can't. But you got it, huh? Mm-hmm. Well, because so I, I started getting pillow pets when I was a kid. And then I came to find how comfortable they were. And I literally sleep with one every night because it's so comfortable. So cute. What kind do you have? I have an Eeyore one because Eeyore is my favorite. I am a child. But it is the most comfortable pillow that I have. So That is so cute. Every time we went to Disneyland and Disney World, which was our family vacation, my mom would get me whatever Eeyore I wanted. And so I have like in Aww. like under my bed in like this big bag i have like all these eeyores and i'm like we I really can't need get to take you them. to disneyland you're in a I, season where you need to go to disneyland no, stop i'm sorry this is not helping no it's not because i want to i just want to like let loose and be free <sighs> you know i should just take take my bra off or something oh i shouldn't talk like this oh on the i'm intro of zab's podcast literally <laughs> <laughs> I have my husband who's a pastor <laughs> <laughs> i mean that's not inappropriate it's you'll okay you'll you know zab and all of you are about to meet zab he's mm-hmm. so awesome and he's he is awesome. very real and 
if you know him at all, you know that he literally does not care. Yeah. You, can, you can be who you are in front of him, and I love it. So I bought the body pillow. I actually got a body pillow for my birthday from Zav, mm-hmm. which at first I was very disappointed. And then you realized it was the <laughs> best thing you've ever experienced. The absolute best thing. Mm-hmm. It's, and it's a pregnancy pillow. Oh, yeah. And it turns into a body pillow if you need it. Um, and so it's like a U shape or there's like the zip off part and it's like an L shape. That's actually it's amazing. Ama- I can't well, tell you enough. It's saved me. When I was in Fred Meyer and we were making these soundproofing things, it was like midnight or like 11 and I saw they were on sale for $12 and I don't know if you guys have listened to the podcast before, but I have this whole thing where you can basically get anything for $12 and now that you guys know that you'll start noticing it. And just that's so true. It's a little more than ten, so it'll get you more. It'll get you a little bit nicer food. I was at TJ Maxx, and everything was actually like eleven in that range. I'm not kidding. Yeah. Wow. So anyway, it was twelve dollars. So I picked it up, and Arturo was like, "Are you actually going to buy it?" And I just went to the register and bought it. And it, I have not slept so well. And then I found a, I found a body pillowcase, a silk one on Amazon for ten bucks. Wow. So I'm gonna get that. And so it's still gonna like look nice. That's awesome. Because it was like holiday themed, you know? Yeah. And I was like who cares? But who cares? It's so comfortable. I don't care. My room is so ugly. I can't wait to redo the whole thing. Yeah, I can't wait for you guys to make up my house. I know. So exciting. We do not have a cute house right now, but it's only because we know we're gonna redo everything and we got a lot given to us, so didn't have to put money into it. But now we will. And I can't wait. Can't wait to not have money again. Yep. Anyways, um, uh, my silver lining. What's our silver? Li- you got to do a little intro so I can do the sound bite. NK, what's the silver lining of the week? Okay, now you can. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> I had the worst anxiety attack, which we talk about, and it sucked I, I actually think it was the worst one that I've had I've only maybe had a f- um I can count on both my hands how many I've had I didn't start getting them until like three years ago but especially once we moved here they they amped up and I hate making the sounds with my mouth I'm sorry it's so annoying um and I mean honestly Zav Zav helped me talk through it and I I think it's so that's my silver lining honestly like Zav helped me talk through it mm-hmm. I don't even think that you know getting the anxiety attack is a bad thing because it just shows me something is off in my life and I usually am not bringing enough attention to it mm-hmm. and so talking through it really helps and so getting to the root of the problem exactly and we realized i hadn't been on my uh, i hadn't been gil- diligent in taking my hormone pills mm-hmm. uh which are these like plant-based natural pills i highly suggest i'm gonna plug them it's what? called manditech plus what is it they're uh these natural hormone equalizing pills mm. so it helps with your hormones and you know i'm pregnant and and you're having what we haven't said yet Oh, they're having a boy. Yay. Yeah. Which I feel so like excited. I feel like we just I knew, you knew you were having a boy. Yeah, I totally knew. And so, yeah, I'm so excited for Bear to have a brother. That's what I wanted. Mm-hmm. I eventually would love a girl, but I really wanted a boy right now. Mm-hmm. So I'm really Cuz you know about that. two is which I don't know, but they say that two is really difficult because you're 
you don't know how to do it yet. So now you know how to do a boy. One, you know? one to two is I heard the most difficult transition yeah. because yeah. one, honestly, it was so easy as difficult as it was to get out of the house and everything. Yeah. Uh, I was telling, I was telling Olivia about this, but I was telling Zav that we're getting all new stuff because I did not do enough research when I first got our stuff with bear and I'm so annoyed with everything. And I think it just amped up all of my postpartum depression and just made everything more difficult because everything I have is bulky and annoying. Um, I, oh, what was I saying? You were saying you want to get all new things. Yeah. I mean, not literally everything, but stuff that will help. I, and I'm only now admitting this because I know I'm not being a brat because I talked to a few people about it and they all made me feel better. Yeah, but I said that I, too. All we did was, well, Zav didn't do any research. It was all me, which is totally fine. But I'm also so indecisive. And I was trying to get the cheapest, but still best rated, but also um, whatever we had a gift card to so that we can, you know, You're save talking up about strollers. I'm talking about strollers, Anything. car seats, bassinets. We bought a lot of used stuff, mm-hmm. um, not stroller and car seat, but. Other things, which I'm I'm still for. I don't think that there's always a reason to buy new stuff. If you can buy it used and you especially know the people, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just that I didn't do a lot of research as far as how bulky things are going to be. I bought things because we had a smaller car and we ended up getting an SUV. And so we didn't need to get tight fitting stuff. So just little things like that, Mm -hmm. that now I really regret. And now I understand why people pay so much for baby stuff. It's so expensive, but it's so worth it. And it makes your life so much easier. And so now that I'm having a number two and they're both going to be under two, I'm going to make my life way easier, whether Zav likes that or not. (laughs) Yeah, no, I mean, I told you that I'm like, Ultimately, you're the one doing most of the work. Exactly. Your body is changing. You're having to deal with postpartum, hopefully not this time, but you're having to deal with a lot of stuff. And if having a lighter car seat or whatever, it really will help. help. I know that sounds so dumb. No, it actually, I don't have kids and that doesn't sound dumb. I feel like if I, if I ever did have kids, I would be very much like, listen, Mm -hmm. I'm getting what I want because I'm the one doing this. So, and it's not even that I want the designer or the cooler thing. No, you're not asking for like a freaking Gucci stroller. No, I mean, yes. I mean, obviously that'd be nice, but (laughs) no, I'm even, that's the thing I, I wanted to stay away from that's why I didn't buy certain things because I didn't want to convince myself oh this is the thing everyone gets so it's better now I understand why everyone gets it because it actually is better it's not just because of the brand name totally but there are certain things that I know I'm gonna I'm gonna get even though they are the actual nicer thing and then there are things that I bought brand new really expensive hate it Mm. And so I'm also going to sell those and get the cheaper stuff. So you just never know. You have to just practice. I think that, um, you know, like I always say, I don't really think I'm going to have kids. But if I do, I feel really lucky because I feel like I can, I'll know what to buy. (laughs) Because either everybody I know, either everybody I know has kids or I will just like research the crap out of it from bloggers and stuff. Which like you said, though, sometimes it doesn't work for you. And so, you know, I actually don't trust bloggers. 
that's fine. Most of them are Sorry. getting paid. Actually, I will that's, say that's why I don't. Well, I will say one thing. If it's not an ad or sponsored and they're talking about it, they That's the love difference. it. If it says exactly. ad afterward, I would be very... Sometimes, it depends on the blogger. I know there are some bloggers mm-hmm. that are like, the Skinny Confidential, if it's an ad, she's used it for almost six months. Mm-hmm. Stuff like that. Like, she won't work with people unless she's used the product for a certain amount of time. Yeah. But other bloggers, yeah, a lot of it like is. Like Cezanne. I trust Cezanne with all my heart, body, soul, mind, spirit. Yeah. She, I don't think... There are certain people that wouldn't post, but... Anyways, anyway, what's, my, your, what's your silver lining? My silver lining is that um, I recently started editing for two things, uh, film, Arturo's filming company. I, I always forget people don't listen in succession, so they might be new, so I need to like explain it more, but it feels repetitive, you know? Um, I started editing videos, and I had to learn Premiere, and it was really difficult, but I did it. I worked really hard, and then the client like loved it. And she like bawled the whole time because she loved it so much. So, so it felt, and you it worked felt really so good. hard on that too. I did. Yeah, it was like a week filled with a lot of editing. But I love learning new programs, and I think it's really it's like a useful task. I feel like anything so. you do because you put so much of your heart and your mind into it. Thanks. You do a really good job. Thank you. I, yeah, I don't like to release anything unless it's good, as far as I know. But there are things, you know, you learn as you go, mm-hmm. like with anything. And usually it's you learn the hard way. Totally. Like recording a podcast and it sounds echoey the whole time. And you're like, well, I'm not a sound engineer. Yeah. I had like a sound engineer come here the other day and help us. And he would be talking. He's like, does that make sense? I'm like, mm-hmm. yes. <laughs> so where's the volume button? <laughs> I was like, oh, it's muted. I was like, can you just save? Like, he would be making all these changes. He goes, he goes, should I just save these as a preset? I'm like, yes. yes. <laughs> um. Anyway, so on today's show we have Zav. It's Xavier. 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 We okay. Call him Zav. Xavier Brosser, Lisa's husband. Um. He started the story church mm-hmm. in Ashland. Yep. And he has a really interesting perspective on life yeah in a I good way he's very different from other pastors he is mm-hmm. very different real yes it was a great show <laughs> it was yeah. yeah i loved watching that show <laughs> yeah no it was it was really good to get the other half of the team because i know we had arturo in here but also he's a businessman too because mm-hmm. um, starting a church is really difficult so he gives a lot of value whether you go to church or you're not Christian or not, whatever, mm-hmm. start a business or not, he gives a lot of value on just emotional health. Emotional health perspective was on life, um, which I think is great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. I Anything? thought I thought it was a great. <laughs> I thought it was. I thought it was great. I know him, and so it was. It was really interesting interviewing him. It felt a little redundant asking him questions, but I felt like I also got to take the chance to ask him questions Mm -hmm. on the spot Mm -hmm. in front of you. Mm -hmm. So that was fun. No, it was great. Um, So I hope you guys enjoy the show. And uh, next week we'll hopefully come back at you with a not echoey and uh, maybe a little more energy. Fingers crossed. (laughs) Fingers crossed. Zav Brosser is the founder of The Story, a church he planted in Ashland, Oregon. He is also Lisa's hubby and dad to Bear and future baby number two. On today's episode, we dive into what church planting really looks like and how starting a new business like a church can be tricky but also so rewarding. 
Zav shares with us his experience with burnout and trying to take care of his family, all while trying to grow a community of people. We talk about the implications and stereotypes people set up for pastors and their families and how real and raw it can get when you are trying to juggle so many things. If you are starting a business or are struggling with work-life balance, we know you will find so much value from this episode. So, Zav, let's shake it up, shall we? Well, Zav... Welcome to the show. It's tight. It's tight to be in here. <laughs> uh, Zav is Lisa's husband, husband. And uh, he's coming on today to talk to us about one wheeling, eating Taco Bell. Mm-hmm, exactly. What else? Um, about our cats, <laughs> which I can't believe I've never even mentioned. Wait, I just realized that you've never mentioned I, your cats. I know. Wow. And they, they are my life. I mean... Sure, I have a son, but I love my cats. But I also have cats. <laughs> yeah, I, I woke up this morning with eight text message pictures of one of the cats that was sleeping on me when I fell asleep on the couch last night. Her name's Baby. And Lisa took pictures of Baby sleeping on me, and they're pretty so great. So cute. Her Wait, belly was showing. Yeah, she was like so laying cute. like right in between my legs. It was amazing. She's a rag doll, so you guys, a white rag doll, so you can just envision like oh, the fluffiest fur balls. Yeah. And she, then there's oh. some eyes. And then the, yeah, there's always her the hair core. all over me when I come over. All over. Because I only wear black, and I'm always like, ah. Dang it. <laughs> we got lint rollers all over the house, though, so you're good to go. In every corner. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, do you want to just tell us a little bit about yourself, what you do? Yeah. You are? Yeah. Uh, I am a pastor at a church in uh, Ashland. It's called The Story Ashland. I started it a little over two years ago. Uh, me and Lisa were living in Eugene at the time. I was on staff at another church there and uh, felt like I wanted to start my own church. And Ashland's kind of my hometown. And after just a lot of time of considering and praying and seeking direction for where we're supposed to be, we landed back in Ashland, which is where we've been for the last kind of two years. It's been pretty awesome. Wow. Yeah. So when you say you just wanted to start a church, that's (laughs) that's probably not really how it started, right? You just thought one day, hmm. I'll try, I'll try this out. So, so what was kind of the the back end of that? Had it been happening for a really long time, like years of building up to it, or yeah, that story? it happened probably when I was eighteen. I was in Bible college, and um, as I was in Bible college, that's when I started just like thinking about, oh shoot, I'm eighteen. I'm kind of an adult. What am I going to do with my life? I'd only worked at Taco Bell before that, and knew I didn't want to be a Taco Bell manager, even though I just had Taco Bell in the studio with you guys. It still is my personal fave. <laughs> it is a weakness. It is an addiction. I will admit that. Um, but I knew, uh, yeah, it was the season of life. Like, man, what am I going to do with my life? And I just started studying the Bible in Bible college, and was like, wow, I was learning so much, and just like. This is amazing um, and felt like one day maybe I'll get to start my own church and get to teach people the Bible because it was changing my life so much. So I knew that if I could give that to other people, that that would be an amazing thing. And so kind of had that desire in my heart from the time I was 18 all the way until two years ago when I was 29 when we moved down here to start it. So it was a 10-year journey of kind of like having the initial vision before actually seeing it come to fruition. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We both look at each other. <laughs> I was about to say something and yeah, I no, noticed ahead, you were go going ahead. to. So we just had Wes on the podcast. Yeah. And he kind of helped Zav. He helped you 
kind of learn how to be a little more disciplined. And I would say um, from the stories that I've heard in the past, he kind of helped encourage you and your gifts as well. Because he was the reason that you actually did your homework because he forced you, first of all. Yeah. Um, because all Zav wanted to do was go to Maui and go surfing because that's where his Bible college was. He actually didn't want to go to Bible college. Yeah, I was like, I don't think he wanted <laughs> to go to college. This is the real Zav. Yeah. yeah, I wanted to go surf. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, and so I think that Wes had a lot of really good impact in your life. And then when we were at Ecclesia, just to like add to your story, um, when we were at Ecclesia, you wanted to start a church and that wasn't really going the way that you had planned. Am I right? Well, yeah, the timeline wasn't. Cause, uh, so Ecclesia is the church that Wesley started. Wesley was the dean of the Bible college I went to in Maui. And uh, Wesley was the one who had me start teaching the Bible and stuff like that, even though I just wanted to surf. And so he kind of brought me under his wing and helped kind of give me the basic tools and kind of showed me how to do it. But then he left after a year and I stayed in Maui for two more years. He left to start a church and then that church eventually got to the point where he needed to hire more staff and that's when he brought me on, was five years into his journey. And um, yeah, I told him going up there, I said, hey, I don't wanna you know, be here very long, just FYI, I wanna start my own church. Are you like down with that? Are you down to like send me to start my own church one day? And he's like, yeah. And I was like, cool, so like probably a year. And he's like, oh, we'll see. And I was like, <laughs> okay, cool. And so then a year in, I was like, the, yeah, let's go do this, I'm ready to go. And he, as well as all the other leaders were like, no, you're not ready to go. And basically every year I'd be like, I'm ready to go. And they'd be like, no, you're not ready to go. <laughs> They're like, you're just not there yet. You're not, uh, you have a lot of maturity issues. You have a lot of lack of discernment issues. You have a lot of issues. <laughs> and uh, so I was like, shoot, dude, okay. Uh, I guess I guess I need to work through those first. And uh, in that process of me being there five years, I think it was year three or four that I met Lisa and uh, we got engaged after like three months and then got married four months later. That all happened pretty quick. And um, that uh, definitely helped me see um, some issues. <laughs> and I, I think I really started um, maturing and growing at a pretty rapid rate, having Lisa in my life, being able to help me see blind spots and stuff like that. And so then I think it was only like a year and a half into our marriage that is when the pastors and elders at Ecclesia were like, hey, like you're ready to go. Like we're sending you out. And then there was kind of like the switch that I was like, oh shoot, like, no, I'm not ready. <laughs> so it was every year I was like, I'm ready. And they're like, no. And then they're like, you're ready. And I was like, no. But I knew like it was time. I knew that it was of the Lord because of like just submitting to the leaders who were in my life and trusting them and just the wisdom and the multitude of counselors. So yeah, that's kind of the more uh, deeper end of the story of kind of how it all happened. <laughs> That's uh, that's crazy because, I mean, I feel like so many of us have ideas to start businesses, right? Like, I want to do this. But then when it comes down to being like, are you going to do it? Like, are you going to launch? Yeah. And then, you know, like, we have friends who they make things. So when they launch, they, you know, we make a logo and we do all the stuff in there. Not that it's that easy. But for planting a church, though, that's how do you, you, you have to go find people, right? And uh -huh. you have to, like, find a community and you have to make a name for yourself. And then once you guys landed on being in Ashland, 
what do you how do you go from there you can't like take a class on how i mean you can but you can't yeah so how does that even happen yeah well i think that the timeline was really good like just being patient and so to anybody out there in any sort of entrepreneurial journey you know you have to really be patient in the process i think that if i would have church planted at any point in time where i wanted to and i felt i was ready mm. uh that it probably would have failed and i wouldn't be where i am today so i think that listening to the people around me and their input and them saying like hey you know you need to figure these things out first you need to work on these things um was really uh, a catalyst for seeing the explosive growth that we did mm -hmm. um and i'm just so happy that i did wait under that timeline you know so um i learned a lot in that process and just humility and really trying to grow and um being patient and all of those things are so important when you're setting out on any new huge venture in life, you know? Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, uh, specifically with like planting a church, there is no real process. We kind of put a timeline together like a year before we moved here, we decided, okay, we're gonna start coming down once a month and just meeting people in the community and just praying over the city and um, just b believing that God wants to do something. And so at the end of the day, it's gonna be God who does it, not us, you know? Mm -hmm. So we started coming once a month and hosting what we called Community Connects, where we would meet at the park. And just, we, we had social media at that time. So we were saying, hey, we're moving here to plant a church in a year. We're gonna be coming each month though. And we'd talk about that on social media so that people in the area could kind of be like, oh, whoa, I'll go check that out. So we started just connecting with people in the community, basically a whole year leading up to the time that we actually launched the church. And I feel like that was really helpful too, to kind of get a core group of people excited about the mission and the vision and stuff like that. So that when we launched, we had a, a small group of probably about 20 people who were consistent from the beginning, which was really nice. And about five people moved down from Eugene with us who felt called to be a part of the new church plant too. So that was really cool. Wow. Yeah. That's really encouraging that they believed in you that much to do that. Yeah. <laughs> um, so when you were saying that the leaders in your church kept telling you you're not ready. Yeah. Like, on a human level, I feel like that would piss me off. Yeah. So, for you, like, have you always naturally been a little bit more humble? Like, you can have humility? Or was that your time to actually be like, well, I got to accept this? Uh -huh. Or did it make you kind of sad and upset? Like, every time they would tell you you're not ready? Um, it was a mixture of both. I uh, There was a couple times in that process where um, I wanted to just leave and start my own thing regardless of what they said mm -hmm. there's one event in particular where i was just making poor decisions and even got put on teaching probation and wasn't able to teach for an entire summer and um just like in, in that moment i just was like man like i want to just go and do my own thing you know mm -hmm. but i knew at the end of the day like deep down that if i did that that wouldn't be the healthiest way to start a church was by just like leaving on bad terms and be like, yeah, you don't believe in me. I'm going to go do my own thing. Uh, I, I just believed that these people actually want to see me succeed and want to see a church plant that's healthy and thriving and growing. Um, but don't want to rush that process, you know? And so at the end of the day, I just knew like, this is the process I have to go through. If, like, I want to do this thing right, you know? Mm -hmm. So I, I think there was, like, a desire to be like, screw you guys, I'm going to do my own thing. But the reality was, like, I knew I needed to work on the things that they were talking about. I knew those were 
flaws in my character or lack of discernment or all these other things, I knew what they were saying was the truth. And that's oftentimes why it like hurts so much and it gives you this reaction of like, I'm gonna get out of here and do my own thing is because it was the truth. But mm -hmm. I knew like, wow, I actually do need to work on these things before I go and start a church. Because if I don't, then those could have a huge negative impact on my future ministry or success, you know? Yeah, no, totally. Yeah. Um, so when you were planting the church, I can imagine also that there were a lot of times of uh, mental and emotional distress. Yeah. <laughs> um, did you ever reach a point where you were like, I'm not doing this. This is too hard. Or, and if you did, how did you, how did you cope with that? Because starting a church is so particular because it's not like you're starting a business where you're like, yeah, I can do this. Like you're, you're doing the Lord's work. Uh -huh. And so when you feel that you're probably like, you know, am I not trusting God enough? Am I not? Whatever. So did you hit those walls during that process? Uh, yeah, I hit lots of walls, but the, the, <laughs> I was like, yeah, a point <laughs> <laughs> the whole time. I, I hit, I hit walls on a regular basis, but the wall for me and my experience was never to a point where it's like, I'm going to go do something else. Or I think I should do something else. I think that because it was like a 10 year process of me realizing this is what I'm called to do. That's one thing that I'm like, completely unshaken in is that like at the end of the day no matter how hard it gets or whatever like this is what I'm supposed to do with my life there's nothing else I could do or even would want to do mm -hmm. even though this is really hard and draining and difficult at times it's also super rewarding when you see the fruit of what you're doing and you see people coming into a relationship with Jesus and you see people coming from all sorts of different religious backgrounds coming and finding like real hope and real truth and a real relationship with Jesus at the end of the day, like if that happens to one person, mm -hmm. then all of the suckiness and hardship and emotional stuff is like worth it, you know, because it's like people that we're dealing with and we care about like who they are and who they're becoming for eternity, you know? Mm -hmm. yeah. I also mm -hmm. think that's, that is somewhat of a misconception about starting a church is that Although there are parts of it that are different because it's a nonprofit, yeah, um, there is so much similar work that goes into starting a church, like starting a business, such as yeah. legal stuff. I mean, we had to hire a lawyer to figure things out. Like, how do we do this? What does this mean? You know, when you're signing contracts, like for a building, and then what does this mean as a church? It's just all of this unheard stuff that you think like, um, so, which is part of our story. We were given a church, which never happens. Yeah. And so then it's like, okay, what does legal, is there legal, do I just sign a, is there a contract? What do I, there's so much little confusing stuff that you can't even just take normal business advice on. So those are different things, but I think that that's one thing that um, that a lot of um, pastors don't give themselves a lot of grace in, which is the fact that um, that they don't have to work harder than the average person because it is also like a normal business. Mm -hmm. Because we believe as Christians that no matter what work you do, it should be for the Lord. It doesn't matter if you have a cubicle job it doesn't matter if you're a filmmaker it doesn't matter if 
you're a podcaster, whatever it is. Yeah. We think that everything is the God is God's work. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, which I know that you know that. I know what you mean by mm-hmm. by saying that. Um, but I also think that that's somewhere that Zav and I have had difficulty understanding to what point do we put the church first at what point is it okay for Zav to be working 70 hours a week um sometimes more Easter and Christmas (laughs) (laughs) welcome to the Christmas season um and so do you want to even talk a little bit about that and um also uh well I'll, I'll add that later so you want me to talk about um Work-life like, balance. Work-life mm-hmm. work balance. Yeah. 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 Well, it's funny because starting a church, all of my buddies who had started churches basically all said the same thing. Like, just kind of get ready to um, have kind of like a sucky, hard, like, couple of years of life, you know? And I was just like, um, I, I basically like in my heart was like, so I basically in my heart was like, I'm going to like do it differently. Like I'm not going to become like you guys and get like so sucked into it and become emotionally unhealthy and have a hard relationship with my family. Like I'm going to set up all these boundaries and do this all right. You know, and the first, um, the first like six or seven weeks I was like in this groove of just being like, Oh dude, like this is so chill and like I I knew it like I knew that I could do things right but like not feel like I'm getting burnt out in the midst of like this monster thing you know so for a couple of weeks I was like yeah like I proved my buddies wrong you don't have to all be that way you know but then the church really started like growing like way quicker than we expected and then I got like fully sucked in because there was so much to do And in the beginning of a startup, whether it's a church or any business, like you just have to do everything. You don't have money to pay other people and stuff like that. So it was like, I was doing now what like I have five other staff members doing. Like I was doing it all. I was doing all volunteer scheduling and coordinating and cleaning and studying and teaching and counseling. And like the list goes on and on and on. It was just like absolutely insane like way more than I ever should have done. But in that moment, I didn't know what else to do. I was like, well, either I don't go meet with those people who is like marriage is falling apart or I don't schedule volunteers and no one's going to show up on Sunday or like I don't study. And so there's not going to be a teaching or I don't go recruit these new people. Like it was just like, I felt like I have to do this stuff in order for this thing to work. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I quickly got sucked into, what my buddies told me was going to happen and was just like, shoot, dude. And it was just kind of like every couple months I would reach a point where I was just like, kind of what you were asking me earlier about like hitting those walls. Like every couple months I would hit like a super hardcore wall and like just kind of have a mental breakdown and like Lisa would be there and I would just like kind of lose my mind and feel like this is the worst thing ever. I hate this. I don't want to do this anymore. Blah, blah, blah. Just kind of, having those breakdowns, you know? And then Mm -hmm. it was like the next day, I guess I just woke up and was like, well, here, here we go again. I, (laughs) I got a lot to do. So I can't think about yesterday. And well, I was in a cycle of that probably for like a year and a half where like every couple of months I would just kind of hit a rock bottom and just break down and lose my mind and feel like, what am I doing? You know? And then, I mean, maybe you might know better, Lisa, maybe like 
four to six-ish months ago, like it, we kind of started getting a little bit more of a rhythm, sort of. Like when Bear kind of started sleeping through the night a little bit because like that played a part in it too. It was like we had a kid pretty quickly into the church plan yeah. that was kind of like unplanned, like literally like two months into the church plan when I started getting buried and everything. We're like, oh, we're pregnant. And I was like, yeah, that's awesome. And then like uh, Bear came and then like that added a lot of extra stress to All hell too. broke loose. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and that was just like a, another factor that kind of compiled onto like the stress of work and ministry and starting a new church. Then it's like a new kid too. So it was just like so much life change at once that just like, you're just like, wow, how do, how do people even do this? And, and I don't know the answer still. <laughs> yeah. Wait, so how was that for you, Lisa? Like during all of this watching him go through this, what you going through this, you're pregnant, you're, you have a newborn. Um, I can only laugh because it was so awful. <laughs> um, oh gosh. It's funny because, um, well, when I think of our first few years being married, we were uh, working at Ecclesia and you get to come home and you, you're done. You're not working. And then um, we start a church and I was helping Zav, trying to take on whatever I could on the side. I was also an esthetician um, part-time and then other part-time. I was just at the church volunteering, pretty much working. Um, and I feel like we didn't really, I didn't really hit that many walls. I was pretty optimistic. I felt like we could still communicate things. We could see when we're about to really freak out and talk through things. And then once, uh, maybe a little bit before Bear was born, but especially once Bear was born, that's when everything went crazy because that's when that was around the same time so the month that bear was born was when we hired our first person yeah and um, and so while we're gone she is there and we don't even know what to do when we hired her we told her we actually don't know what your job is supposed to be we need you to figure that out and she was <laughs> like okay and she was so amazing so hardworking. she just did it um and so, like, we're not even there for two weeks while she's working for the first time, taking on so much. Yeah. Like, any, especially on a Sunday. And so, um, and we were in a new building at that point. Yeah. Right? Or were we about to be yeah, in a new we building? Yeah, we were in there. And so, um, that was a lot. We had a huge um, set of core volunteers who were really helpful, but... Um, still needed a lot of assistance as far as what to do and where to do things. So just preparing for that was a lot. But especially once Bear was born, uh, when we look back now, we can only really recognize it as not communicating and talking about what's really going on. And I think that we still go through these um, vicious cycles. I call them seasons where like three, pretty much seasonal, every three to four months, we just have a huge breakout of what the heck is going on. (laughs) And we just realize that we're not communicating and we're not talking and we don't even know what it is that we're keeping in or what it is. Um, So even I'll talk about last night, I had a full on anxiety attack and I kind of know why. 
And then at the same time, I don't know why. I think it's because I haven't been taking my prenatals and my hormonal, like my natural hormonal pills to like stabilize me for three days. Yeah. Um, But at the same time, it could have just been full on that my emotions were valid. I It's hard to tell when you're pregnant, but I think that it's really hard because we're still learning what it means to put our relationship before the church and yeah. even our own relationship before bear and what that looks like because um during this time and especially when bear was born i just wasn't doing great i was depressed even now i'm i'm having a hard time with depression and anxiety um, and I think that's all the hormones coming back with the baby. Yeah. And so it's really hit me this week for some reason. That's why I want to blame the pills. Um, and so, um, for instance, when Bear was born, I just got to a point where um, I just started throwing things around the house, especially Zap stuff. Because I saw him sleeping with Bear on the bed, and it was so peaceful. Bear was maybe three months. And I was so jealous that Zav could have such a genuine, sweet relationship with Bear, and I couldn't have that. Hmm. Because I, I felt no connection with him. I was just so sad constantly, and that was the depression. I just couldn't couldn't see a good future I can't even your brain is so foggy when you're depressed you don't even know what it is I was Hmm. having all these suicidal thoughts and then when I finally told Zav I didn't even realize all these thoughts were just building up in my head um we just broke down and we had to just have a real talk with each other um I mean, I don't know if we'll be cutting this out, but I mean, we hadn't been sexually active too. And I do think that was a really big part of it because that's really difficult after you've had a baby, Mm -hmm. Um, especially because you hate your body. And that's one thing that I definitely struggle with while I'm pregnant. And then after being pregnant, you try to give yourself so much grace. But even yesterday, that was part of my mental breakdown. I was just looking at every single part about myself that I hated. Mm And so that's to put it a little bit. Is that, is that, I just, I think that there's a really big misconception, even from my standpoint of seeing like a pastor and his wife and you think maybe not like, oh, they have it all together, but you think like they're, they're good. They're on a different level. Yeah. They're closer to God. (laughs) And so it must be easier at home. But uh, after I've gotten to know you and like seeing the vulnerability, which I appreciate, um, I know that there are things and when you hear it on this level, it's even crazier because it's like, what do you do? Like for you, you have a new church yeah. and you have all these quote unquote children, right? Sheep, your flock. Yeah. <laughs> and then you have your flock at home and one's not doing great, but you still have to take care of the other one. But yeah. then you also have to take care of you because if you don't take care of you, you can't take care of anybody. Yeah. So how do you even there? There's probably not even an answer, but like, how do you even do that? <laughs> yeah. I mean, 
the way I try to do that is, I guess, like when I when I realize I'm starting to get into a place of feeling like I'm not being able to do either very well. Lisa can usually recognize it too. I need to like do something that really really recharges me, particularly that's like surfing. So there's even certain times where Lisa like tells me, "Hey, you need to text the guys and like go surf tomorrow," because she knows like I'm just not going to be in a good space because I'm just like operating mm-hmm. operating out of like burnout and stuff. So um, for me, it's just like yeah, escaping everything for a while to get to go and do something I love um, helps me like maintain I guess some mental sanity, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, trying to trying to balance like taking care of the church and then taking care of like uh, my family, I don't think I've done a really good job at like finding the balance in that. And uh, I've been like me and Lisa have been processing it with uh, a couple in the church that we meet with too that has been trying to help us figure that out because it's still something I don't really know how to do because it's like I know I need to prioritize my family and my marriage above the church. But I also know that, like, if I don't take care of the church, I'm not going to be able to provide for my family. So it's, like, this hard thing of, like, how do you do both really well, you know? And I haven't figured it out yet. I'm still trying, I'm still trying to figure it all out. It's kind of crazy. Yeah, I, I, don't, I haven't figured it out either. <laughs> <laughs> I can't help. So when, when I, I go through my, my crazy times... What what is that process like for you? Because obviously I can see my side of everything. Yeah. But when I'm I'm because I am a lot. There's a lot that you have to deal with. Even you know we were talking about yesterday, coming home and you know that I'm not going to be able to do that much because I'm pregnant and I have a baby. Yeah. Um and I'm already just so low energy that you especially lately I just haven't been able to do like normal work around the house yeah um and so when the relationship has changed so much in the past few years what do you think helps you keep going because I think that the things that we've been dealing with are things that people end up going to marriage counseling and getting divorce over yeah which might seem like such simple little things but I think that over time that's why I that's why we get mentoring and that's why we care so much about counseling because we think that if these things build up then it will turn into something that we don't want it to yeah and that will look to other things to help us um and so what is it for you that like encourages you to keep helping me I guess like how why have you not given up on me (laughs) (laughs) um what encourages me to keep helping you I guess just that I know you like need help because I know you have a bear you're taking care of and you have a baby inside of you which I'll never understand and your you know emotions and hormones are in a different sphere since you're pregnant and so i i know all those things and so i just realized i guess like i have to try and do what i can to help keep you sane you know (laughs) and sometimes it might be at the expense of like my sanity or something like that but i know eventually i'll have a time where i can get what i need to recharge and stuff like that so 
yeah, I, I guess that's it. I just know that you need help and I want to help. So hmm. I, I do what I can, I guess. You can totally cut that out. That was such a dumb question. Wait, it wasn't a dumb question at all. Don't what, cut what do any of this out. <laughs> this is all good. Yeah. This, is, this is the raw stuff right here. So um, since I've known you, I've never seen you get upset uh-huh. or stressed. I've seen you get teary-eyed one time in church. Yeah. But I know that there's a raw and a real side to you. There yeah. is with everybody. But do you purposefully shield that to be strong? Or is it just more of your natural demeanor to to not express that? Or do you just not really get stressed that easily or angry that easily? Mm-hmm. Um, I do think that... Uh, as far as like anger goes, it's very rare that I'll actually get angry. Like I, I, this might sound weird, but I think I could actually count on one hand, like how many times I can be angry. Mm -hmm. I can think of specific things that made me angry and it's probably like less than five in my whole life. So Mm -hmm. I guess that's just a blessing of something that I don't struggle with, I guess, or it doesn't happen very easily for me. Stress also, I don't think I ever had until I planted a church. Mm -hmm. Um, people used to talk about getting stressed and stuff and you know uh, I'm like well I'm primarily like a three on the Enneagram but I'm also like a seven so I'm just like dude life is fun life's amazing you know like how could you be stressed you know even though I had been in pastoral ministry for seven years before planting my own church I literally never had any stress about anything and then I planted my own church and then I did start to have a lot of stress but um, I guess yeah, I guess my go-to tendency with that was to um, just be like, I'll figure this out eventually. Like, I'll get through it. Like, my definite way of dealing with it is just was just like suppressing it and burying it and just knowing like, okay, there's going to be another day tomorrow and like, I'll just get over it, you know, mm-hmm. which I've been realizing like in the long term, like isn't healthy to do, obviously. <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah, that's how I have in the last couple of years primarily dealt with it until recently trying to kind of reshape how I process those things, you mm-hmm. know? Did that stem the kind of stuffing things down? Did that stem from the way you grew up? I know you grew up in a really big family. Did that have anything to do with it? Or was that just like your inherent personality? Like what was it like for you growing up to, to get to this spot? <laughs> yeah. It's mostly curiosity. Cause I'm so interested in your family life. Yeah. Oh gosh. My, <laughs> my, my family life. Well, it was a mixture of like, everything was always super fun because we didn't grow up in like traditional house where like you start school right away and stuff. It was more what we call like free range parenting and uh, cage free and house free. It was kind of, yeah, it was kind of like just my dad would go to work and we could just kind of roam the neighborhood and kind of just like free range, like kind of do whatever we wanted and just like figure life out, which I thought was no, not until pretty much fifth grade. I I started school fourth quarter of fourth grade. So my dad would teach us the basics, like to read and write, which um, I think really is all you need in life, you know. He 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 thought that way, I guess. <laughs> unless too. you're a scientist. Yeah, <laughs> unless you want to go to a specific field. But basically, their way of thinking was like you'll just kind of figure life out, and you know, you don't really need like the system, basically. And so that was I kind did of not my know ch- that. Yeah, that's was, interesting. Yeah, it was amazing. Uh, 
I've been thinking about that for Bear's future, but that's a later conversation me and Lisa need to have. Yeah, you know? this is not something that <laughs> just we look agree at Lisa's on. Just, face. Like, you know, <laughs> no schooling. Just let free him go. Range. Free range. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, as long as you know how to read and write, like, shoot, that's the only thing I do now. You, like, I don't remember any of like the science or social studies or economics or any of that. I just know how to read and write, and so I can just get by with that you know i mean yeah i mean i was homeschooled so i don't really think i learned much so i i feel you there you go (laughs) but as far as um like where it came from as far as like just suppressing emotions and stuff like that um gosh i mean i'm sure that it has roots into my childhood Mm -hmm. the thing is with my childhood it was always usually just like pretty fun and we always were just having an awesome time of course like someone would get in trouble every single day and we'd like beat each other up and stuff like that so we'd get spanked and stuff like that but um i don't know why i i don't know where i exactly picked up the burying my emotions maybe it came from wanting to do the opposite of my parents because my parents uh were like would argue pretty like loudly in front of us and stuff. And my mom will be the first to tell you, like she was like a yeller, you know, when you have seven kids, the only way you can try and gain some control is to mm-hmm. yell, you know? So I think, I guess I, 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 I saw them expressing all their emotions, um, maybe like in an unhealthy way, arguing a lot of times and just over and stuff in front of the kids. And so I guess maybe it was like, I don't want to do that. And so the way that I'll deal with those feelings is just like bury them and kind of get over them, you know? Mm-hmm. No, yeah. That makes sense. The way that you grew up is really interesting. Do you want to talk a little bit more about that? Uh, like which other aspects of it? Uh, such as your parents and how different they are. And then, um, you know, what, what they went through. Because I think... I think that also had a lot of impact on you too. Yeah. Um, so my parents, uh, split when I was in sixth or seventh grade and then both of them got remarried to, uh, people that my siblings didn't really love. Like we didn't really love my stepmom or my stepdad. Um, and I think probably a lot of kids, young kids have, difficult time like trying to have a new parent who wasn't there from the beginning you know whether it's a stepdad or stepmom like that's just a weird concept um and so then uh over time again they both split from like their their second marriages too and then both got remarried to who they are now both married to still which is interesting that now my stepmom and my stepdad, I love both of them. Like my my dad's wife, who he's been married to now for 10 years, and my mom's husband, who I think she's married to for 10 years. Like they're both amazing, but I met them like more in my adulthood, you know? So they weren't like parent figures to me. They were just like, I was kind of more so happy to see my dad and my mom like in a happier place with somebody who was actually like treating them right and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So I think that that probably... Uh, dynamic of like my parents divorce and remarrying people we didn't really love and then them getting divorced again and stuff like that definitely probably had an effect on how I process things and my emotions is specifically like bred like a distrust in me of other people and that began to kind of surface when I started like dating Lisa um I just wouldn't trust her with things that uh, I had no reason to not trust her with, you know, I would just like think like, Oh, maybe she's doing this while I'm gone or sneaking out here or hooking up with other guys or like whatever, or think things she would tell me. 
I just like wouldn't trust that it's true. Like I just wouldn't believe it. I'd be like, you know, I wonder if she's like lying to me or something like that. So I think that that definitely had a uh, an impact in the beginning years of kind of our relationship of me having a hard time, like just fully trusting that like, whoa, like maybe you actually are like legit and maybe you are like not lying to me and stuff like that so that took some time definitely to work through (laughs) such as um on our first date we had the longest date ever um it was probably like five to six hours yeah and um we just right off the bat talked about everything we were straight up went in depth we both said we're not here just to date people. We're pretty serious about wanting to date to get married. Yeah. And so we, we both talked about how we're both virgins. And then um, like three months later, or maybe a month later, you apparently didn't believe me. And you asked me again if I really was a virgin. And that was so mean to me yeah you you got so mad <laughs> because I you didn't, didn't believe, believe you. me and this was after well, that's kind of a compliment though that like how can someone that hot like be a virgin <laughs> still so you didn't like see it as a compliment which i understand now yeah but well i just didn't think it was possible it goes into like you were distrusting me because i was partying so how was i also partying and getting drunk all the time and doing drugs and not and I was still a virgin. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, it, it makes sense. But this was after... Like a few months into our relationship. Well, this was after you told me, I love you. Oh, yeah. It was the same day. It was the same yeah, day. Yeah, I, like, I, I told you I told you I love you at the beach. And then I was like, so wait, like you actually are a virgin, though? What Which if she would have said no? Uh, if, if she would have said no, I don't know what I would have done at that point in time. <laughs> like, I, that would have taking me down a whole nother rabbit trail that I wasn't sure if I was willing to go down that trail or not. I'm not sure. Oh, Wait, that's gosh. so funny. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. Well, it was almost like I seduced you because I took you to your, like, one of your favorite spots, which was the beach. Yeah. And then you said you love me. And then as we're, you know, in the car ride back home, you're probably like, oh, shoot. Well, hold on. If I'm serious about this, I need to see if she's really a virgin. Yeah. <laughs> I forgot that to was, ask her first. That was something that um, that we really wanted in a mate just because we, we didn't have experience with other people. And so that was something that I think that we struggled with. Um, actually, just dating other Christians. Not that it's wrong whether you're a virgin or not a virgin that was something that we knew we would struggle with dating people mm-hmm. and so i understand yeah. why he was asking but it's just so funny, funny looking back on yeah that. i just had trust issues for sure mm-hmm. yeah that's um growing up in a broken home we talk about it a lot on the podcast it's obviously so many people but it resurfaces different for every person yeah like i didn't really have a lot of i don't have trust issues with arturo but it resurfaces in like other areas in my life and you don't really think it does until you start becoming like really close and like committed to somebody you yeah. know um and it's just crazy that that is even more like having kids not only are you dealing with like babies and raising them but what you do could have like long-term effects on your children yeah. that can resurface 20 years later. And that's, it's that's a, a huge lot. responsibility. It's yeah, like, it's, it's really scary. scary. <laughs> yeah, it is for sure. Ooh, I started thinking about it a lot and I just started to get nervous. Yeah. <laughs> Through growing up, um, how did you stay grounded? Um, speaking about growing up in a broken home and the decisions that yeah. you make. 
Uh, I think the main thing that kept me grounded was seeing a lot of my brothers not be grounded, seeing them make a lot of poor decisions and just doing dumb stuff, getting into drugs, getting into partying, getting into everything that the world has to offer. And I don't know how, but I was just like, that looks so dumb, you know? I was like, it just, like, why are you doing that? I just saw, like, that they're ruining their lives. And so having a negative example, I think, had a positive uh, impact on me in that way that I was seeing like my siblings make really dumb decisions and just knew like, dude, that's such a, like, that's such a dumb decision, you know? Mm-hmm. Why would you do that? And so I think that that definitely kept me grounded with seeing other people make mistakes and me like learning from their mistakes. Um, that was huge. But then also I think as well, like my core group of friends, not that we didn't do like what most people would think is like dumb stuff. We would like go out and go TPing and go egging cars and stuff like that. But my main friend group didn't uh, like pressure me into anything, you know, like they were people who were pretty genuine in their walks with the Lord. And so I think that was huge too, because in middle school and high school, you're pretty like moldable and you're going to be influenced either positively or negatively by the people you surround yourselves with. And so I just think like my friend group was always like a really positive influence on me too, um, which helped me stay grounded. I feel like too, when a lot of people were making a lot of bad decisions, my friend group was just like, no, nah, dude, that's, we're not doing that, you know? Mm-hmm. That was yeah. the exact, exact same thing with me. Like, I just saw people and I was like, I don't get it. <laughs> and yeah. then, like, my initial friends weren't pressuring me, so I just never really, like, people don't even believe me. I've never even, I've never been to a party with drugs. I don't even know what that looks like. I don't even know when people are drunk. I, like, get so confused. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because I've just never been around it, you know, which can, there can be positive and negative to yeah. those things. Um, I went to one in my whole life and it was in high school just because I was like, what do people even do at like parties? <laughs> and like some of the kids from high school who I knew like went to these parties. I was like, dude, is there any parties this weekend? I want to just like see. And I went to it and was like, dude, this is so <laughs> Bad dumb. Bad idea. Yeah. I, well, I didn't do anything there. I just sat there and like watched people and I was like, dude, this is like, <laughs> this just is, I, I don't get what like people were into. I, was, like, I, that I just don't think so they sucky. know. I well, don't think they know either. <laughs> it's a bad idea if you're sober at a party because it's only fun if you're not sober yeah that's probably true and so um anytime i was like a dd so i'm like driving for everyone who's drunk yeah and i was having to be the sober companion i had absolutely no fun at all and so that's why but being in it you know it takes a toll on you and so there's definitely a reason to get away from that yeah um and so going back to kind of church planting and all of that what are um some ways that keep you mentally stable um i would say number one just being like me having to like grow as a person like in my walk with the lord i think that that's like the most important thing and foundational that like if you as an individual don't like grow then you're going to like bottom out so much quicker, you know? Um, so that's huge. I think as well, just like giving myself time, I need to do things that I enjoy and ways that I recharge, um, definitely helps. And then just like the support of like you, Lisa, like just supporting what I'm doing and stuff like that. If you like weren't excited about it and weren't supporting it, then I probably wouldn't be able to like keep going. Mm -hmm. So that's like conversations we had pretty early on in our relationship was like, Hey, I want to do this. Like, how do you feel about that? And you like supporting it, you know? So just knowing that I have like your support in it is something that like keeps me going too. And is like so important. Um, 
and yeah, I would I would say that's kind of the main thing. Is just like my personal growth with the Lord, making sure I get time for myself to do things that I love that recharge me, and then just like feeling supported by you. Mm-hmm. And as Bear gets older too, having his has having his support, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I also think that one thing that you have changed, um, because when we moved here, you stopped working out. Oh yeah. And I think that's when we also noticed that things weren't doing well is when we weren't getting out and doing things on our own. Yeah. And so I think that running has actually re become a big thing in your life too, right? Yeah, that's that's definitely a, one of the main ways that like specifically helps me like process and take away stress is like running. Um and that's the times when I usually like pray the most. Like most people love to run with music and I hate it because that's like the only time in my day that I have like complete silence. Like I'm not at home with bear running around. I'm not in the office like doing emails and in meetings. I'm just like in the silence. And so that's the time where I really like get to connect with God more and get to pray more. And those things definitely help keep me grounded too. But then even the physical too, I'm not sure if you guys have talked about that on your podcast. Like that that's the way the body was made that when we like physically do things it like counteracts stress in such a huge way so that's definitely helped mm-hmm. yeah what like this think? morning I, I woke Lisa up and she didn't know I was going to go on a run she was she was upset about it because she had to wake up with Bear now because it was like 545 and it was like freezing I was like 28 degrees but I was like dude I gotta go because I know I had a crazy day today mm-hmm. and I know like if I don't get like a workout in right now then my day is going to be like way more hardcore so mm-hmm. got up and just hit that grind like yeah. Arturo does on the rig and stuff oh, like yeah. that you know no that was because we had we had a meeting early this morning and so I like kind of got ready and I was like I got to go home and work out before anything else so I just yeah. like stopped and I left and I was like this might not seem important but to me it is and I have to do this yeah. you know and it's like if you make it a non-negotiable in your life then it's something that you just you have to make time for you yeah know? the only way it became a non-negotiable was for me having like an accountability group of guys who are in it with me it's me and like two of my best friends and there's like money on the line. So each mile you don't complete towards your goal, you owe $4. And so I could lose 60 bucks a week if I didn't run at all. And so there's some weeks, like for example, on Sunday, on Sunday <laughs> night came and I was like so exhausted and so tired and I still had five miles to go. And I was like, dude, that's gonna be 20 bucks. And so I was like almost half asleep on the couch, but I woke up at like 9 p.m. and like went out and like ran five miles in the dark because I knew I didn't want to lose money. Ew. That's amazing, Arthur. I'm gonna get I'm gonna get Arturo up in this group with me, dude. That's awesome. Um so we kinda need to end this, but before we do, I wanna hear just a little bit more about um the story. And I know she was kind of saying that you guys got gifted a building. Um and before that I wanna compliment you because I am really hard on churches most of the time because I grew up Nazarene and it's just ingrained within you to be like (laughs) a stickler for the Lord, (laughs) you know? Um, And I have never really been that down with non-denominational churches, but I will tell you that what you guys are doing is amazing and the community you guys have there and just everything your impact on Ashland is crazy and I know God is just like blessing your church um so I just extend that to you yeah (laughs) thank you yeah (laughs) thank you to have that support from you means a lot because I know you are a a judgmental person to the core (gasps) 
I kind of am. No, I'm just kidding. No, I'm just it's kidding. Do- everyone's laughing because they know it's true. I, know. I am. I am inherently judgmental. That's so that's funny. Because <gasps> keep it to yourself. Oh that's what God. we talk about she when knows she's that, not there. But for someone to hear that themselves, <laughs> that's funny. Oh uh, yeah, but but thank you for real. It, it is cool getting to be a part of something <clears throat> like this. It, I think it's pretty unique to get to be in a culture like Ashland, which is so um, like anti-religion, anti-Christianity, anti-God or whatever, and just like seeing so many people who are like anti that, like coming and being like, wait, what? Like, I didn't know church could be like this, you know? Mm -hmm. And just seeing like walls kind of slowly being broken down and people who have like stereotypes as to what they think like church could be like or will be like or should be like coming in and getting a different experience that doesn't like compromise the gospel has just been really cool, you know? Mm -hmm. And so that's one thing that really excited me to church plant was to kind of break out of the, the traditional norm of like what church culture is and like to try and do things differently and create a whole different like type of church experience and church culture again without compromising like the gospel but like just experimenting and being like let's try new stuff and like do stuff that like people who don't even like follow Jesus would say like whoa like let's check that out I heard there's cool stuff that happens there you know mm-hmm. yeah oh, what do you think uh, makes the story different from other churches especially that we've been a part of um, well, like one of the main things is like part of why we called it the story was like, we want church to be a place where like everybody comes and is a part of the story and what's happening. And so like one thing that we do is every week, somebody who's a part of the church, like shares their story. Um, and that's just been really cool because it's helped create a culture of like just vulnerability and transparency. Like people probably similar to what happens on like podcasts, people are just opening up about like deep stuff that they struggle with. And so there's people at the church who are just like sitting in the audience or maybe checking out for the first time and being like, whoa, like you can struggle with an addiction or you can like struggle with these things and like go to church, you know? And it's like really cool because people are just opening up about their life struggles. Um, and that's just been really cool. So that's been one thing that I love about the story is like getting to hear people's stories every week and what they've went through and how they went through them and what God's doing in their lives right now. Mm -hmm. That's one cool um, thing as well. Um, Another huge one too is just like art and creativity. We're pretty passionate about that Um, for a long time throughout church history. Like if you go over to Europe and like think about like the paintings in the Sistine Chapel and stuff like that, like art was a huge part of church culture. But in the past couple hundred years, it's kind of, died out and I feel like a lot of churches don't really know what to do with like artists and creatives and stuff like that and so part of our vision is like just having a creative culture where people can come in and just use their creative gifts for the kingdom whether it's photography video stuff painting drawing graphic design whatever it is we want to like incorporate all of that into like the vision and mission of like reaching the community and so that's been a cool thing too is just getting to see um people who have just heard about like the creativity that's happening there and coming to church because they like heard there's like cool music or like these cool paintings or like this whatever Mm -hmm. and again that's something i think the lord can use to break down walls to get somebody into a church where they're Mm going to now hear the gospel you know so at the end of the day like it's all about the gospel but it's just kind of like stepping stones to bring people into a relationship with jesus yeah that's amazing yeah 
Um, well, I just have one last question. I like to ask all my guests. I realize I didn't really tell you this, so hopefully you can think on the fly. You're a pastor, so yeah, hopefully. I, I can wing it. I can um, really wing it. <laughs> so I always ask people what has been the silver lining kind of of your life so far. So something that bad that has happened, but there has been good that has come from it. We've talked, I think a lot about it this whole time, but is there anything in particular you can think of? Um, I think the bad of my life that is like brought the greatest good would probably be either a like all of what I was talking about earlier like me being told like you're not ready you're not ready you're not ready to start a church and then like just waiting on that and allowing those leaders voice to like be the authority of my life has now led to like wow this is amazing that the church is where it is right now you know uh that's probably one like as weird as that sounds that's like one of the worst like things that i went through was Mm -hmm. just like being told like you're not ready yet when i thought i was um so yeah that's that's probably the main one uh i I feel really blessed and sometimes i'm like i'm kind of like waiting for like when is like the crazy midlife crisis gonna happen (laughs) or when am i gonna go through something super gnarly you know but at the end of the day like i just feel blessed that i've like at this point of my life been pretty fortunate to just like experience like quite a lot of God's grace and goodness and favor in my life a lot of which I don't understand fully why because I've still done a lot of dumb things but it's just like wow like this is so cool how like amazing God is so yeah that's kind of what I would say to that that's awesome yeah well uh where can people find you to pimp yourself out in the church <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah the the best way to check out the story would probably be our instagram it's just at the story ashland we also have a website the story ashland.org and uh, you can check out what we're doing church world there we have podcast up as well on itunes you can just look up the story ashland on itunes and follow the weekly teachings that we put out which are pretty cool and right now we're in a series talking about emotional health and uh it's been pretty life transformative for me so uh, if you're kind of in a season of life out there as a listener processing, how do I become more emotionally healthy? Peep us on iTunes at The Story Ashland. Sweet. All right. Well, thank you so much for being on the show. Yeah. Thank thanks you, for Babels. having me. Thanks, Babels. <laughs> it was great to be yeah. in your work environment. It's kind of a switch up because you normally come into my work. But now here, <laughs> yeah. now here I am seeing the two of you sitting between two fiddle leaf figs. Oh, so wow. I know there's already a show between two ferns, but I'm thinking we can change your guys' podcast Arthur, between the so fiddle leaf figs. Arturo made that joke last week, so you're a little bit late on that one, but that's Dang. okay. <laughs> All right. Cool. Thanks for having me. Let's go get some T-Bell. <laughs> Well, guys, thank you so much for listening to the show. We hope that you all got so much value from just hearing Zav's story and about um, planting a church and what it was like for him and Lisa to balance their lives and their kids and just everything in between. Um, I think that they're both amazing people and what they are doing with the story in Ashland is incredible. Um, if you don't mind and have time, please head on over to iTunes and subscribe, rate, and review. It really helps us out on the show. And if you want to dive into more topics or have questions for us, um, please join our secret Facebook group, the Salt and Pepper Podcast Insiders. There we just talk more deeply and openly about everything on the show. Um, you can also follow us on Instagram and uh, you can just head there for any recent updates. So thank you for listening and we will see you next Tuesday.
Thanks for listening. Tune in every Tuesday on the saltandpepperpodcast.com or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Be sure to subscribe and please rate and review. Follow us on Instagram at the Salt and Pepper Podcast. Make sure to like and follow our Facebook page and email us for any questions, comments, or ideas about what you want to hear on the show. We will see you next Tuesday. I'm all shook up.